Hello, hello. We are back. Burning fight, ignite. Let's get it. I have been insanely busy the past month and a half or so, so I just have not even had time to watch wrestling, much less record podcasts. So I'm going to be going pretty far back to the middle of October now, um, talking about stuff that happened then, and then kind of previewing what the next episode will be, hopefully after I catch up in the next week or so. So let's get into it. First, New Japan finished their G1 Climax 31 tour. Yeah, like I said, we're going back. Um, From those final days, I don't have a lot of match recommendations. From day 10, I really enjoyed Hiroki Goto versus Yoshihashi. Even though both men were already mathematically eliminated from the tournament, they still took it as an opportunity to go absolutely fucking hard. And it was great. And then on day 18, I would actually say B-Block maybe had the best day of the tournament and i say that loosely just because i can't fully remember but uh taichi versus tanahashi was fantastic you really expect taichi to play babyface in a match like that and whenever we get heel tanahashi it's incredible it's so so good and then to the finals you know the finals where i'm not gonna complain about them because it's a freak accident right if you don't know the story already, about 20 minutes into the finals, Abushi goes for a Phoenix Splash and Okada. Okada gets out of the way, and Abushi like just absolutely explodes his shoulder. Dislocation, all that junk. Um, total fucking bummer, especially after his whole story has been his, this triumphant return, this, uh, you know, just can he do it? Does he still have it? And... For him to quote unquote end that narrative with an injury this severe is just heartbreaking. So hopefully Ibushi returns soon. But the top story coming out of the G1 finals is of course the first match in four and a half years for Katsuyori Shibata. He participated in a five-minute UWF exhibition match against Zack Sabre Jr. The entire moment was just so great. ZSJ comes out in unique gear, all white, something that we haven't seen in a very long time. And it's just non-traditional MMA shorts pretty much. So it's like, okay, what's going on here? And the commentary, Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton are both like, oh, we didn't know that Zack had a match scheduled for tonight. We thought he was taking the match off. What could it be? And you see Zach's demeanor is very like, is poised and focused as possible. This guy's not trying to let any smiles come through or any of his excitement showing. And then Katsuyori Shibata's music hits and people are like pretty like, wait, what? And then once they finally realize it's happening, everyone starts clapping in unison and Shibata comes out and it is holy shit. Especially when he comes out in the shorts, no shirt and the towel, you're like, it's actually happening. And they wrestled in five minutes, one of the best matches of the year, hands down. So it was just great. Now let's talk a little about 
Um, there was the power struggle that just happened. Um, we saw Kenta defeat Tanahashi for the U.S. title. Robbie Eagles defended against El Desperado. Um, I believe Toriano defended against Great Ocon. I did not watch that. And then, worst of all, the Chaos trio of Ishii, Yoshihashi, and Goto lost their belts after 500-something days to Evil Show and Yudro Takahashi, also known as House of Torture. Just the fucking worst. These people are the fucking worst. There's no other way to sugarcoat it. Poor Show, who used to have a great feud going on with Shingo Takagi, has now been reduced to this and they just fucking suck they all and again i'm going to reinforce this as much as i can but they fucking suck in the main event oh also okada defended his quote-unquote briefcase against tamatanga because before we get in the main event let's talk a little bit about um this title situation in a wrestle kingdom so shingo takagi is the essentially the iwgp world heavyweight champion Will Ospreay in the U.S. is still doing his whole gimmick about how he is the undefeated IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And now instead of a briefcase, Okada has adopted the IWGP Championship, the fourth edition one, the one that was just retired. So now on night one, it'll be Shingo versus Okada. On night two, it'll be the winner versus Ospreay. So... This is just going to be Okada winning, even though I think the far more interesting story is Shingo. This company needs a new injection, right? And god damn it. I think the best thing that could happen is Shingo beating Okada the first night and just taking the fourth generation belt and acknowledging the history and saying that more than anything, he wants to be part of that lineage now. And then he beats Osprey for that godforsaken fucking new title. And then that's it. Shingo's the new ace. I fuck with it. It will happen. Probably not. I think Okada walks out double winner with the original belt. And that's the end of the World Heavyweight Championship. Pretty much erasing Ibushi, Shingo, and Osprey from the record books, who again are like the first three first-time champions we've had in years outside of Omega and Styles, like decades. Or a decade, pretty much. So, Wrestle Kingdom is in a weird place because of that. However, they just announced that the third night, which felt like absolute excess, will be a Noah versus New Japan show, which honestly has me more excited than both nights of the New Japan Wrestle Kingdom. On the poster, it looks like they're teasing Kaito Kiyomiya versus Kazuchika Okada, Keiji Muto versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Shingo Takagi versus Katsuhiko Nakajima. Um, all three of those matches on paper are dream matches. They all sound incredible. Um, I think that, well, everyone here knows that I'm not a big Muto person, but I think if anyone is able to carry him to the quality of match that Go Shiozaki was able to, it'll be Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, I fully expect him to be able to hopefully get Muto off the fucking mat and really do something. And I'm hoping that Muto is feeling super energized to sort of return to New Japan as well. Now, in the Power Struggle main event, Shingo Takagi versus Zack Sabre Jr., just incredible. I actually thought this was better than their G1 match. And usually when they hold back in the G1, it means that someone's winning and getting a title shot and they really delivered here. I give it a 4.75 non-stop action 
Zack Sabre Jr. is absolutely the European MVP of the year. I'm using that loosely because I haven't watched any European wrestling outside of some progress shows, a little bit of Rev Pro, and I'm not going to be awarding anything to fucking Ricky Knight Jr. or something like that. No disrespect, it's just I don't think anyone's really hit that level. However, Chris Brooks, Drew Parker, and Zack Sabre Jr. have all hit that level. I think with Zack's wins, though, it's just been highly impressive now let's talk about pro wrestling noah first we had grand square in osaka and god this is a long long time ago so on this we saw los perros del mal du japon the team of ita and nosawa rongai defeating itsushi kotoge and hajime ohara so the junior tag titles just keep switching back and forth the match was only like four minutes or so if i remember good fast pace but obviously needed a lot more hayata defeated daisuke harada in probably the best match of hayata's reign so far harada always delivers do i wish he was champion again absolutely but it seems like they're actually all in hana hayata right now and i think the one thing that the juniors division needs more than anything right now is stability. So thank goodness for that. Kaito Kiyomiya and Keno defeated the team of Kazushi Sakuraba and Keiji Muto. That's always nice. Even though Muto wasn't pinned, it's good to see someone getting something against him. And then in the GHC heavyweight title match, the N1 victory winner, Katsuhiko Nakajima, defeated GHC champion Namichi Marafuji for the GHC title. This is fantastic. So following this, and I gave this match 4.75, following this, Katsuhiko Nakajima defended against Masato Tanaka successfully, regaining his win, and the story leading up to it was actually pretty good. So in the end one, Nakajima lost to Tanaka, of course, his only loss in the tournament. And then in the matches leading up to it, even though Nakajima was tagging with Manabu Soya some nights, he was still the one getting pinned by Tanaka, and it just felt like Nakajima was not able to get this guy's fucking number, right? Like, Katsuhiko Nakajima's on an absolute tear, but he just can't figure out how to beat Masato Tanaka. However, in the match where it means the most to both men, Nakajima is able to take control and win, not by luck or, you know, by anything like that, but it's a decisive victory, and that's exactly what Nakajima needed. He writes his past wrongs and everything like that. It's awesome. Um, on the same show, or shortly after, or I think it was the same show where Takashi Sugiura lost the GHC title in Masaaki Mochizuki, another solid, solid match. I'm always down for Sugiura, and it was cool to see someone outside of Noah win the drum, win the. National title, but I guess, you know, after Ita defeated or won the junior heavyweight tag titles, maybe it's not such a surprise that Mochizuki's doing it as well. And it's very exciting that we're getting all this crossover. Dragon Gate and Noah, Noah and New Japan, right? All Japan and Big Japan, All Japan and 2AW. There's just so much going on where it feels like two groups now, kind of the higher up, you know, Dragon Gate, Noah, and New Japan. And then we also have this crossover between sort of the, you know, tertiary companies, no disrespect because they're just as good, but Freedoms, Big Japan, um, All Japan, even stuff like Basara, Hard Hit, obviously, Gleet, Glate, Zero One. There's a lot going on. And I think when everyone works together, wrestling as a whole, and it gets better. Um, 
what else has happened? That's pretty much it. Keno went to a really good um, or defeated Seiki Yoshioka in a pretty damn good match at a Noah's Sanctuary event. Same with the uh, build-up tag match between Masato Tanaka and Sugiya, Takashi Sugira versus Nakajima and Mochizuki. And now we're going to uh, pivot over towards All Japan Pro Wrestling. So a great match to check out was Daisuke Sakamoto versus Shuji Ishikawa for the Gaiora TV title, which since Yoshitatsu has lost it has actually been pretty goddamn interesting because Sai versus Ishikawa in a one-match show deathmatch that went like 40 minutes was phenomenal. Just a great, great deathmatch that was worked at a very different type of pace than we're used to in Freedom's main events, even Big Japan main events. Um... I really, really enjoyed it. That's from the Raisin and Army Memorial Series Night 2 show. And now we're going to talk about Champions Night 2. So in this show, we had Seigo Tachibana, Takayuki Ueki from Freedoms, and Yoshitatsu uh, winning the vacant All Japan TV six-man tag titles after, God, who was it? Someone hurt themselves or something, and they had to vacate the titles. They defeated Ramu Imai, Takayo Amori, and Tamura. Then we saw Itsunagi defeat Shugi for the junior title. I actually thought this was a great performance by both men. Both men sold amazingly. Just really, really good selling, really great moves. I mean, even though it wasn't the best story or the longest match or the most impressive stuff, everything they did clicked, everything they did hit. And you know what? Sometimes that's all you really need in a match is a great work rate. And even though that has a ceiling sometimes, this was still something to check out. Then we had Shitaro Ashino and Suwama, also known as Runaway Suplex, defeating the team of Kohei Sato and Shuji Shikawa, also known as the Twin Towers. Great fucking name. Um, defending their All Japan Tag Titles. This was a great, great match. Um, you know, three giants and Ashino who essentially is able to suplex better than a giant so watching him toss both of these men around non-stop and then with the final sequence between Suwama and Ishikawa it was just phenomenal wrestling all around I'm all in on runaway suplex I think that they are a great team and as well I'll talk about it right after the main event but the main event for the triple crown heavyweight championship Jake Lee versus Kento Miyahara so we talked about a lot already Jake Lee's reign was set up to be incredible it was his coronation and it was plagued by covid essentially i mean we had jake lee win the champion carnival defeating um god damn it was it kento miyahara i'm fairly certain yeah jake lee defeated kento miyahara suwama then contracts covid and has to vacate the title after a 400 something day reign just fucking heartbreaking really and because Suwama's thing, it was like one of those things where imagine if Omega had to vacate the title two weeks before facing Hangman. It would have been devastating and it would have felt like the story wasn't allowed to finish. So because of this, Jake Lee's reign at first was kind of tarnished, right? I'll say it just like I've said it about uh, Go Shiyazaki, but when he originally won the title, it's not so much that he won the title as he was simply or became the new king as much as he was simply handed a poison chalice. And that's... uh I believe from the Brit Wrestling podcast, but Brit Wrestling experience, but just an amazing, amazing quote. Um, so Jake Lee first defended against, oh God, I believe it was Shitaro Ashino. Well, first he won the title 
against Yuma Aoyagi and um, Kento Miyahara in a match that I just did not think was great, especially for the moment that it was supposed to be. But then we have Jake Lee defeating Shitaro Ashino. Good match, but also Ashino did not need to lose again. And finally, two months later, we had Jake Lee defeating Suwama. It felt like, okay, he had defeated the person that he would have had to for the belt. But in this match where he Jake Lee didn't even technically win, but rather survived, this was the match that for me solidified Jake Lee as the company's top star as their champion because him and Kento Miyahara went to a 60-minute time limit draw. It went by so fast. They worked each other in incredible ways. It was one of those matches that felt like the true culmination of everything that they have worked towards thus far. And all of those emotions, all of that bitterness, all of that frustration, that anger came out in this match, especially in the final 15 minutes, which was just one devastating maneuver after another, which it didn't feel so much at times that one man was trying to kill the other, but rather that, or to beat the other, but yeah, rather that the other was trying to end the other's career. It was incredible. Just top three match of the year for me along with Nakajima and Keno from the N1 Finals, and Utami versus Suri from, I think it was Tokyo All-Star Dream Cinderella. We've talked about those, so let's jump forward. DDT, the Get Alive match. We had Daisuke Sasaki defeating Asami Kadaka, defending the Universal title. Good match, nothing crazy to write home about, but a solid outing. Better than a lot of Sasaki's other work, and Kadaka can always deliver in singles matches. He is just as good in deathmatch as he is in straight wrestling, and I think that's awesome. And then Disaster Box, the team of Harashima and Naomi uh, Yoshimura, defeated Kanesuke Takashida and Shinma Katsumata for the DDT tag titles. This was a great, great match. Gave it a 4.25. I gave the Universal title one a 3.5. Um... I really will miss the team of Katsumata and Takashida. Obviously, they'll still continue to team, but all of their matches matches really, really delivered um, throughout Ultimate Tag League, then against Okabayashi and Harashima, and then the phenomenal one of my tag matches of the year against Akiyama and Okada, and then again falling to Harashima and Naomi Ishimura. So it seems like Harashima is maybe Katsumata's bane right now. Um, on the October 17th show, there was an f- online feud, like shoot feud, between Junakiyama and Black Buffalo. Junakiyama told Black Buffalo not to fuck with him in the match, basically, or I'll fuck you up. Black Buffalo hits Junakiyama with a piece of a table, and Junakiyama immediately grabs him by the throat, and they just shoot, beat the piss out of each other. And when I say they, I mean that Junakiyama beats Black Buffalo up. And my favorite part of this is that Black Buffalo's partner kept trying to break it up. So Akiyama's doing worked punches to the other guy, trying to like, you know, create distance while still shoot punching Black Buffalo. Just a true genius of the, of the just a true artist of the craft. Um, now we're going to pivot towards Big Japan. First, we had Drew Parker defending his ultra-violent title against Akira Hyodo. Uh, fantastic match. I loved these young boy matches. I gave this one a 4.25. Um, on the Dirty Dirty Show, it was a great trios tag team. Strong BJ and Yasufumi Nakanoe defeating the Astronauts and uh, Sato. And then in the main event, it was a bridge over troubled stuff death match. It was Miyamoto 
and Kadaka versus Drew Parker and Yuki Ishikawa. I wasn't this big on this one. I don't mind scaffold matches. In fact, I pretty much enjoy them in Big Japan for the most part. Like, I thought Ryuji Ito versus uh, Yuko Miyamoto was fantastic. And, but this one just didn't quite deliver for me. I thought it was way too slow and there just wasn't a lot of stuff to really bring you in. At the Pisari Festival, Strom, uh, Strom BJ defeated Okami for the tag titles. Another really, really solid match between these um, teams. Uh, they continued to swap the titles back and forth. I'm not really sure why Big Japan does that. Sometimes it feels like they do it just to pop house shows so people feel inclined to still come to house shows, which, of course, is a great business decision. But if I'm being a stickler, it is cheapening the titles, in my opinion. Um, and then at the Dainichi Black Company Hell October Series final round, we saw 412 people, one of Big Japan's biggest numbers of the year. So it seems like their momentum's been picking up with the post Ikitausen Deathmatch Survivor, as well as Takuya Nomura's strong title win. On the show, we had a lot of great stuff. The Crazy Lovers defeating Drew Parker and Yuki Ishikawa. Most importantly, we had Takuya Nomura versus Daisuke Sakamoto. 4.75. Strong match of the year contender. Just great, great stuff all around. Um, and now, I still need to watch it, but Takuya Nomura just defended as well against Yuya Aoki. I have no doubt that it was absolutely incredible because their tag match leading up to it was fucking phenomenal like this was a four star just build up tag match and when companies are able to pull those matches off all they do is make the title match that much more important right so when when new japan's running these same tag matches 12 times leading up to the show by the time these guys fight if you've watched all those shows what's like you're not dying to see the interaction because you've seen it and obviously they get to do a lot more but man, like just these couple tag matches leading up to it is more than enough. And then in the main event, we had Yuko Miyamoto defend against Hideyoshi Kamatani. Another great match. Um, I think I gave it a 3.75. Miyamoto was a good champion. And I say was because he unfortunately is injured and I believe is going to vacate the title as a result if he hasn't already. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that title is we are leading into Big Japan's big show of the year. Um, and God, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Um, oh, on the next Big Japan show that aired today, I think actually, Fuminori Abe is defending the 0-1 title. So we're also getting that 0-1 Big Japan crossover again, which is awesome. But on the final show now of the year, their big show, we're getting Takuya Nomura defending the strong title against Daichi Hashimoto. The last time they fought, Nomura beat Hashimoto pretty goddamn decisively in about six minutes with just an insane head kick. Um, so it'll be very cool to see what they're able to do this time and the story that they will tell building off of that. Now, Tokyo Joshi Pro, the Wrestle Princess 2 show, just really, really good stuff. Hikari Noah defeating Yuki Aino um, for the International Princess title. Um, solid match. I'm all in on Hikari Noah. I think she's great. I always like to see her in these big matches because she's someone that's on the rise and she always delivers. It's awesome. Then we had the Magical Sugar Rabbits. Um, Mizuki and Yuka Sakazaki defeating Nio Bishikigun. 
Mei Saint Michel, you know, Mei Saruga and Saki Shima, Saki Akai. Um, they had a great reign. This match was super fun. Lots of great distraction spots. If you want to do heel work, this is how you do it. And this is how you have a babyface team overcome those dastardly heels. And the main event, it was a phenomenal match between Miyu Yamashita and Maki Ito. I really, really thought that this was the time to put the belt on Maki Ito. And since they didn't do it here... It's one of those moments where you're like, are they ever going to do it? Because that moment could not have been more perfect for her not to just defeat the ace of the company, but her best friend in the company as well. Fantastic storytelling. Great, great character work on both parts. I gave this one a 4.5. And now let's talk about stardom. They had another All-Star Dream Cinderella show post-five-star where we're just tying up a lot of loose ends on our way to the year-end climax show. Um, we had Unagi Sayaka losing the Futurist Stardom title to Ruaka. This was a good match from both of them. I mean, it wasn't anything to write home about or it wasn't anything phenomenal, but three stars. I think that this was like something really that delivered for a Futurist Stardom match. We have the Cosmic Angels um, defeating Team Marvelous, I believe. I honestly don't remember. But I thought this was a really well-worked match. I give it a 3.25. Team Marvelous, whenever they show up in Noah, or Stardom, sorry, just absolutely fucking deliver. And I thought they 100% did that here. Then we had the Artist of Stardom title match, their trios titles, where we saw Himeka, Micah, and Natsupoi defeat Atsumi, Momo Watanabe, and Saya Kamatani. Donna Del Mondo uh, debuted new trios gear here. Just great, great teamwork throughout. I gave this one four stars. I thought it was a phenomenal match and something to check out. Um, then we had uh, Hazuki defeating Koguma. A solid high-speed match. It was great to see Hazuki's first singles match in an incredibly long time, so I was very excited about that. Suri defeated Saki Kashima in a UWF-style match for the SWA Women's Championship. I honestly can't remember, but I no, Suri was going to do a UWF against um, Konami, but Konami got injured. But this was fine. I'm still not totally sold on Saki Kashima. It's one of those things like a Natalia situation where I don't find the offense to be that believable. But I will say that with every match you see, she is getting quietly better. Um, Tam Nakano defeated Mayu Iwatani in a phenomenal wonder of stardom match. Tam really is a contender for most outstanding women's wrestler of the year, I think. Or no, I shouldn't say women's wrestler. I'm sorry. Out, the most outstanding wrestler of the year, like in general. Just Tam has been on an absolute tear with this Wonder of Stardom match or title reign. It's been great. And then the World of Stardom title, we had Utami Hayashishida defeat Takumi Aroha. Um, great, great match. Utami's reign, you know, sands the Natsuko Tora match has just been absolutely phenomenal. Like, this is a strong contender for wrestler of the year. Depending on what happens with the Suri match, that could be easily solidified. But at the same time, Suri's in running for wrestler of the year too, so who knows what's going to happen. All I know is that their title match at the end of the year is maybe something that's like, at this time, at the same level of Page and, or Page and Omega. And I know the story hasn't been as long, but the match quality expectations are just as high. 
And finally, let's talk about the best damn company in the world, Freedoms. They were leading up to Violento Jack, doing some more stuff. And then we also, one second. We have um, Daisuke Masaoka and Toru Sugira versus Jun Kasai and Tomoya Hirata, uh, building up both their singles matches. This was a solid tag. I think Freedoms is also one of those companies that excels in doing um, these tags, building to these big singles matches. I mean, they always deliver, as we've seen, DDT and Freedoms have been the top tag companies this year outside of the U.S. companies such as AEW. Um, they're just really, really good at building top singles matches. Then on their recent Go For It Freedom shows, one of their most um, one of the shows I've been able to watch um, from recent, uh, absolutely incredible. Tomoya Harada versus Toru Sugiura. The story going into it is that Tomoya Harada wants to form a tag team with Sugiura to go after the titles to defeat the dastardly duo of Toshiyuki Sakuda and Takeyuki Ueki. However, he said before they become a team, he needs to have a singles match against Sugira to prove himself. Sugira agrees, and this delivered. I gave it a 4.25. Harada shows a lot of promise, and I have no doubt that their tag team is going to be absolutely insane. You know, following Sugira's 700-something day reign with the King of Freedoms title, he was kind of out of the mix for a bit, but this is the story that I think makes the most sense right now. And has really given him a new interesting trajectory. I imagine if it hasn't already been announced that we'll get uh, Empire Ruler Ends versus, sorry of the hiccups, Sagira and Harada at Bloody Christmas. And then in the main event, a five-star, five-star match. We had Daisuke Masaoka against Jun Kasai. This was one of the bloodiest fucking matches I have seen in a very, very long time. Just gore. Like, these guys were so cut up by the end. It was everything you could ask for in a death match. It was Masaoka trying to reach the top once again, following a really low couple of years kind of out of the spotlight. And he really proved that he still absolutely has it, if not more, and if he hasn't gotten better, because I fully believe he has. Kasai versus Violento Jack is solidified for Bloody Christmas. I think Kasai will go over and then we'll get him versus Takeda at the Budokan match because that is their biggest match that they can do. Um, so we'll see what happens. That's pretty much it. But oh, I can talk real quick about the DDT, uh, the DO Grand Prix, their um, G1 style round robin tournament, G1 style round robin tournament. A um, lot of fun stuff so far. I'll shout out some of the matches I really recommend. From day one, we had Katsusada Haguchi versus Harashima. Just solid, solid stuff. Um, stiff strikes, great mat work, brutal stuff. The perfect opener for the tournament to set the standard, set the pace, set the tone. In the main event, Kanesuke Takeshita versus Yuji Okabayashi. Um, Two absolute top guys from both their respective companies going to war. It delivered. It's everything you can ask for in a dream matchup such as this. On day two, we had Yuji Hino versus Jun Akiyama. 
what else do I need to say about that? And also, there hasn't been a single match that I've given less than three stars on the DDT show, and I'm up to day five now. So this is already up for tournament of the year. If it's able to maintain this pace, excitement, and match quality, then it might surpass the five-star Grand Prix as my favorite tournament of the year, which just means that anything with Grand Prix in the name is guaranteed to deliver. And then on day three, we had Kaniska Takashita with Chris Brooks pairing those two together again. Oh my God, not as good as their recent title match, but still fantastic. And their story clearly continues after this. I won't spoil the finish, but it's exciting to see what else they pull off. And then once again, Chris Brooks versus Yuji Okabayashi. As you can see, there is a bit of a theme here. Um, I thought that this match was just great. You really don't anticipate Brooks going into an absolute chop war with Okabayashi, but here we are. Um, it was phenomenal stuff all around. And at this point, who do I want to win the Dio Grand Prix? Um, I would say Hino, right? Usually, but since him and Takashita just had their king of ddt finals match i don't see that's where they're going i could see someone and who i'm really rooting for to win this is katsusada higuchi or yuki ueno just because of the relationship and an immensely close friendship between ueno and takashita and then i just think that higuchi especially after his phenomenal match against akiyama for the ddt um kod openweight championship absolutely deserves another title shot and i think that could be phenomenal however i think as we lead into the year-end show we might see yuki ueno versus takashita that pretty much covers any everything i mean in the u.s we had takeda and yamashita having phenomenal matches at gcw we had tomohiro ishii coming out to the pixies where is my mind on national television on tnt just an absolute fever dream of wrestling right now. We also have Minoru Suzuki against Dominic Carini and Time Bomb. All of Minoru Suzuki's October matches. Daniel Garcia, Brian Danielson, Anthony Henry, Calvin Tankman, Davey Richards, um, Garini, fucking his New Japan strong stuff. Everything that you could hope for. Suzuki's US tour was one of the absolute highlights of the year. And it's something that I really hope we're able to continue at least once a year as he you know will no doubt have to retire eventually but right now he is still doing phenomenal phenomenal matches and that's incredibly exciting so that's all for today is we as i return next time i'll probably do it post grand prix um post all the tag leagues that are going on right now stardom of God, stardom's goddesses of tag league tournament all japan's real world new japan is running their best of super juniors and um world tag league events ddt's grand prix we'll have some more stuff in big japan with their exciting league so a lot of stuff going on right now and i will be back for it soon until then have a good time and thanks for listening to burning fight night